Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, last week we talked about the tropics being quiet. Well, the B Squared tropical weather curse has once again worked. And it's busy. Right. So yeah, it's really busy. What do we have? Fred, Grace, and then don't we have like a Linda? Uh, we will have possibly a Linda. Uh, we are waiting oh, to Linda. see. Oh, right. Oh, we do have Linda. Linda's a hurricane out in the Pacific. Sorry, I was looking at the area of uh, of investigation in the, in the Atlantic since, you know, that's where we, normally where we start. But uh, let's talk with the Atlantic season first because uh, we got two tropical storms, as you said, Fred and Grace. It sounds very much like an old school movie dance title. Fred and Grace. Right, or like an old show or something. Yes. Like an old sitcom or something. Yes, 100%. 100%. Let's talk Fred because Fred is our first area of concern. And Fred was a tropical depression, and then all of a sudden Fred got his stuff together and is a tropical storm now. And as of last update, which came just about an hour ago, Fred is a tropical storm. He's got winds maximum sustained at 40 miles an hour, currently moving north-northwest at 12 miles an hour, expected to make landfall sometime tomorrow night in the Florida panhandle. So, Bonnie, we talked last week, the forecast had Fred moving up over Cuba, which it did, tore it apart. We talked about the topography of Cuba having a tendency to shear apart these storms. It did, but we've also talked about the fact that the Gulf is basically a sitting hot tub. So Yeah, very steamy. Very steamy. Uh, lots of available energy for these storms to reform, and that's what Fred did. So, looks like it's going to make landfall tomorrow night as a tropical storm in the Florida Panhandle. So uh, if you're in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, portions of Tennessee, you are in the cone right now. And by the time we get to 8 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, Fred should have already weakened into a depression and almost uh, lose its tropical characteristics and become uh, extra tropical. So we will see what happens. Well, maybe he will just bring some good needed rain to that part of the country. Yes, and they do need it as we all do. Yeah. Now, so at least there's that. So he's not super scary. Exactly. Exactly. Now, his sister following right behind Tropical Storm Grace, currently the last update is centered south of the island of Puerto Rico. Maximum sustained winds 40 miles an hour. She is moving west-northwest at 16 miles an hour. She's going to follow a similar path to what Fred went, where she's going to go over the Dominican Republic and Haiti, and this is the last thing Haiti needs. Um, right. You know, death toll. If you have not heard, there was a major earthquake in Haiti. I want to say it was a 7.2 on yeah. the Richter scale. Um, over 300 people dead. Many hundreds. 700. Of, oh, 700 now. Sorry. I did not see the update. Uh, so several hundred are dead. Um, 700 officially and hundreds more missing and presumed dead. So that number is only going to grow. So you don't need a tropical system on top of the recovery efforts. Uh, 
is not good news in terms of that. Now, she's forecasted to move over Haiti. She is forecasted to skirt the northern coast of Cuba before moving inland and then will reemerge out into the Gulf. She should reemerge out into the Gulf sometime Wednesday night, Thursday morning. She's not forecasted to make a northwest or northeast turn like Fred has made. This one, the cone has it going towards somewhere on the Texas or Louisiana coast. Ooh, so that's more time over the Gulf. <clears throat> that's a lot of time over the Gulf. And, I mean, it emerges out into the Gulf probably Wednesday night. And then by Friday, 8 a.m., she's still in the middle of the Gulf. Whoa. So she's moving, but not that fast. Forecast track has it still as just a tropical storm. So we will see what happens. Again, there is a tendency for tropical systems to occasionally strengthen. And just based on the model guidance from the National Hurricane Center, they don't see that happening. But we still have a long ways to go. I mean, we're talking now almost, gosh, five days. So a lot can happen in the next five days. Well, I remember Laura from last season, like it was not supposed to get very strong. And then it just seemed like every day she got stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So, So the condition to watch, right. The conditions are there. Um, Let's look here. And it's saying that, you know, she like it is. Okay. So the cone has it Wednesday, you know, out in the middle of the Gulf. If you go look at the predictability or the probability of the tropical storm force winds, one minute average for tropical storm grace, it has it following a similar path. I don't know because they're, they're overlapping Fred on that too. So never mind. Um, let's go look at the discussion here real quick. All right. Okay, so multi-model consensus is still very strong, so it's going to just continue on this path. Um, Might move a little bit slower than what Fred is, but it's an environment of moderate shear, reasonable moist, mid-level environmental air. Therefore, some strengthening is expected before the storm reaches Hispaniola tomorrow morning. Therefore, the future intensity of grace is dependent on how much the circulation interacts with the islands of the greater Antilles. Weakening is likely to expect a passage over the mountainous terrain of Hispaniola, like we talked about, between the Dominican Republic and Haiti. And some strengthening could reoccur if the center emerges over water near the windward passage. Grace is forecast to maintain minimal tropical storm strength while moving near the northern coast of Cuba. There is, however, considerable uncertainty in the intensity forecast two to five days. So, there's the wiggle room. And it all depends yeah. on if she stays offshore or not. If she were to stay offshore or not, uh, that could be bad news. Right. So. Right. Because then nothing would knock her down at all where she has to re-strengthen. She'll just continue to slowly re-strengthen. So, right. yeah. So, it'll be, it's hot, like you said, and like that forecast said, it's three, four, five days out. It's uncertain at that point. So, we just have to take it day by day and see how she wobbles. Right. So, again, when I, uh, we were talking about the multi-model consensus, the track still is very um, the track is very locked in right now. So there's not a whole lot of wobble in terms of where it's forecast to move. 
but like we said, that changes 50 to 20, you know, 20 to 100 miles, which can happen with hurricanes real easily. We will see what happens. So, oh, man, we will see what well, happens. Tropical season is getting going. Are there any other areas? Last I saw there weren't at this time. Uh, there's one other area, but before we jump off of Grace real quick. So at the very bottom of the forecast discussions, they always put the forecast position at max winds. The last one they have is hour 120 when it's out over water and it's the middle of the Gulf. Uh, maximum sustained wind is 65 miles an hour. That's nine miles an hour away from a Cat 1 hurricane. Oh, wow. So, See? so yeah. Very easily could, you know, cross that threshold and be a Cat, a very small Cat 1, but a Cat 1. Right. Uh, so the next thing that we're looking at is an area of investigation. It is a Small but well-defined low-pressure system located 175 miles northeast of Bermuda. Continues to produce disorganized showers and thunderstorms. Environmental conditions appear conducive to some development of this low over the next couple days. And a tropical depression could form while it moves slowly to the south or south-southwest, about 5 miles an hour. Near or to the east of Bermuda by Tuesday, upper-level winds are forecast to become less conducive for formation. Interest in Bermuda should monitor the progress of the system in the next four days. Excuse me, chance of formation is at 40%, so we need to watch that. Now, let's move over and talk about Linda. Linda, Linda, Linda. Such a good name. It is. A I, tropical storm or hurricane. I love it. Right. Well, she's a big one, and uh, currently forecast, or sorry, currently moving west at 12 miles an hour. She's out in the Pacific, not affecting any land masses. She's moving. She's got sustained winds of 115 miles an hour. Ooh. So we see you, Linda. You're out there doing your thing. Right. I did uh, see a good picture, and she's got a pretty well-defined looking eye. Yes. She's a major hurricane, so she's, like, I believe, a Cat 3, 115. I need to look at the scales here. Sapphire Simpsons. You know, I, sometimes I feel bad for major hurricanes in the Pacific because I feel like they don't get any attention because they don't impact much usually. Right, right. Uh, yeah, she's a Cat 3, major hurricane, so we see you, Linda. Um, but just out there doing her thing. Now, she's going to remain a hurricane through probably Wednesday morning. By the time we go into Thursday, the forecast has her weakening down to a tropical storm. Now, obviously, she is relatively, I won't say relatively close, but I mean she's within the dual pane of when you pull up the Hawaiian satellite in the Western Pacific. Uh, she's just right there on the periphery of the east side of it. So, um, you know, she's... So quite, they're watching, just yeah, in case. Yeah, they are watching, but it's forecast to move to the north, uh, to the north of Hawaii. So, you know, they will watch. They will watch and see what happens there. But the storm with Linda, she's doing her thing, so... I just am very surprised that Hawaii and... All the islands near the Gulf, you know, Cuba, Dominican Republic, all of those, that any time a cat three or four or five goes over them, it just blows my mind that, like, the island is still there. You know, right. like, the hurricane is 10, 20 times bigger than the island itself, plus the wind and rain and everything that comes with it. So it just blows my mind that these islands don't just get washed away, Right. you know? And again, you know... Based on what an island is, you know, there are some times where you'd be like, okay, the Hawaiian Islands are a little bit different as they're, you know, they're volcanoes 
and they're yeah. basically vents from underwater volcanoes. But, you know, the Caribbean islands are relatively shallow in terms of the water depth. Some of them are greater than others, such as like Cuba and Haiti and the Dominican Republic. The island of Hispaniola has a relatively solid foundation. Um, obviously, they're on, you know, faults in the in the earth. So you're going to get land being pushed up and that creates islands. Uh, that's how those islands are formed. But, you know, we saw the video, gosh, what was it, two years ago, Um you know, the cat five that sat over the Bahamas and you look at Dorian. Uh, yeah. You look at what Dorian did. Dorian blew stuff left and right. Dorian basically stripped some islands of everything on it. You know, obviously the grounds there and some things survived and humans survived. Some obviously didn't, but you know, hurricanes are a big deal. The wind and the rain gets the story. The thunderstorms get the story too, but it does a lot of damage. And, you know, these islands are very resilient. It's something that they live with, something they're very used to. I mean, gosh, it seems Puerto Rico gets hit multiple times a year. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it's no big deal to them. Now, obviously, to us, that's a different story. But, you know, it's been a long time, you know, that we went through, and we talked about this on the show, there was a pretty long gap before the U.S. had a Cat 3 make landfall. Yeah. And, you know, since then we've had a couple cat threes, a couple cat fours and a couple cat fives. And, you know, last year we talked about Louisiana being kind of the sacrificial goat when it came to landfalling storms, because they seem to get hit by everything. Seriously. But they really, really do. Yeah. And they've rebuilt and they continue to rebuild. It's very resilient. So you're right. I mean, listen, these islands take a beating and they just keep coming back for more. But, you know, I guess people say the same thing about, you know, central Oklahoma when it comes to tornadoes and other cities when it comes to tornadoes, like, how can you live there, blah, blah, blah. And we're just like, eh, we deal with it. We rebuild. And I guess it's just kind of the same with the hurricane-prone areas. We talked about um, on the show an event that happened out here last September when we had that weird freakish east wind storm with fires, you know, moving out of the Cascades and down into the Willamette Valley. So mm-hmm. I drove over to Central Oregon on Thursday. A buddy of mine was having a bachelor slash bachelorette co-party um, in a little resort community called Sun River. And it's one of my favorite places to go. And I was like, you know what? I can get away for a night. I'll go over and hang out Thursday, uh, hang out Thursday night, and then I'll drive back Friday night. So one of the routes that you drive over from the Portland area to Central Oregon is through State Highway 22. You go up through the Cascades, past a town called Detroit Lake. Detroit Lake is a dam, um, and the lake is artificial that they use to, you know, capture water and use for irrigation and drinking water and a whole number of things, power generation, you name it. Well, there was a fire there last September that basically wiped out the town. And it wiped out towns even, you know, as you got into the Willamette Valley. Gates, Mill City, Idana, all these towns had significant losses because of a wildfire and the way that the wind pushed it and how quickly this spread. And I've talked about on the show and with friends, I got to drive through that area for the first time last year after Christmas and just seeing the devastation the first time really, you know, it didn't make me more anxious to drive through there. And if you've driven this route at all, it's it was tree-lined, you know, from the forest floor up, you know, 70, 80, 100, 
120 feet, nothing but timber. And you'd go long stretches of this, you know, kind of windy road, and you're just driving through a forest, and it was very peaceful, and it was gorgeous. And when I drove through last Christmas, I got to see some of the devastation of what this fire had done. And it was a day where it was overcast and rainy. The clouds were hanging really low, so you really couldn't see, like, up on the hillsides. And that's one of the things that I loved when I would drive this route during the summer when I would head east to central Oregon is you would get to see all this forest on top of these, you know, giant rolling hills and into the mountains and it's gorgeous. So Thursday morning driving up there and, you know, we got wildfires all over the state of Oregon. So there's some smoke, but it was pretty clear for the most part. And just starting to make that drive into these small towns of, you know, Gates and Mill City, you could really see the impact of the fire. And I was like, all right, I know I'm going to see it bad once we get up toward Detroit Lake. So I was kind of bracing myself to just kind of see this. But there were two stretches of road where they were slowing people down so you could, you know, they could effectively do tree removal. They're still in a cleanup mode almost a year, you know, since this uh, event took place. And you came around this corner and all of a sudden what should have been tree-lined highway for the next five miles was completely gone. They had had gone through and they had cut down most of the trees. You could see down to the river below. And it was eerie, but at the same time, it was, you know, I don't want to say refreshing, but you had the sense of that there was active renewal because you could look up into the areas that were burned and you could see little trees were there. You could see flowers, you know, on the forest floor blooming and... You know, while it made my drive an extra hour and a half, I was actually okay with that because I was like, okay, we're doing what we can to help rebuild. And the city of Detroit Lake is, you know, nestled back off of a cove up against the side of a hill. And a lot of the town burned down. A lot of the houses burned down. And when I came around the corner and looked over the lake and saw where the city of Detroit was, I was really overcome with joy because there were people that were rebuilding their houses. There were three construction sites and, you know, plywood and two by fours going up and people were going to rebuild. And that to me was such a relief because it, you know, it's a sense of renewal. And I was like, okay, this is great. You know, these people have gone through a disaster and now they're going to completely rebuild. So I didn't stop this time in the city. Normally I stop at my favorite little grocery store, which did survive the fire, which I was very thankful for. But I was just in a hurry to get over to Central Oregon. One, because there was a good chance of thunderstorms. And, you know, if we weren't doing anything, I wanted to go chasing, which I ended up doing. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, just seeing the renewal. And so, yeah, I understand, you know, people ask you, how in the world do you live in more? You know, uh, an Oklahoma City hit by two EF5 tornadoes. How could you live on the Gulf Coast in Florida or Louisiana, Texas, when you guys get tropical storms all the time? You just do. How do you live in a house or how do you rebuild a house that burned down, you know, because of a forest fire? Well, you just do. Well, and sometimes those kind of things are, I don't want to say blessings, but I mean, I know natural disasters are good for the economy, number one. Uh, Number two, you know, a lot of people do get, uh, fresh starts in a way out of that yep. and fires are good for nature itself like it is 
you know, cleaning up certain areas and letting burning off stuff so that new stuff can grow, new, better, lush vegetation can grow. So, I mean, like, you know, there's silver linings, kind of. There are silver lines. We talked on the show about the bootleg fire down in Southern Oregon. I'm happy to announce that today it was announced. Well, I'm happy to say that today it was announced that it's at 100% containment. Oh, wow. Didn't so, they say it wouldn't be until October? Yeah. Oh, good. So that is huge. That's amazing. Yep. So they will continue to reinforce the fire lines. They'll continue to mop up hot spots. And honestly, the fire won't be out until probably October or November, but they have full containment. And we've even had very challenging conditions the last two weeks. So that right there is a testament to the hardworking men and women who fight these fires, who put their lives on the line. But um, I mentioned I went storm chasing on Thursday once I got to Sun River. Checked into the house. My buddy and his fiance were doing impromptu photo shoots like every 30 miles apparently. So he wasn't going to be there till late. So I was like, well, I got here early. I might as well just kind of, you know, hang out the house. So I did. And about five minutes after I got there, boom, lightning tracker goes off. And I was like, ooh, where is this at? 15, 20 miles south of me. I was like, okay, well, it's one strike. I'll My general rule of thumb if I'm going to go chase high desert thunderstorms is I'm going to wait for at least two strikes. Yeah. Because you don't want just one, you know, like, eh, small little cell popped up and one, put one lightning bolt out and it's done. Well, sure enough, boom, two, three, four, five. I was like, all right, time to go. So I left in my car. After being in my car for three and a half hours, I was like, yeah, what's another hour, hour and a half? It's all good. So drove south and got to the town of Lapine, and by this time, it's pretty smoky, and I can't really see any, like, clouds in a relatively close location just because of the smoke is so so thick. When I left Sun River, I could see the towering cumulus, and I was like, okay, this is going to be awesome. At least I know we have a shot at thunderstorms. But driving south of Lapine, and I kid you not, Bonnie, as soon as I came over this little hill, I saw it about a half mile up, just a thick wall of smoke. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. So drove into it, and as soon as I did, like, everything went bright orange, and that that smoky orange tint, the sun was completely, like, red. You could see it, nothing. You know, you could look at it without any issues, but it was very eerie. Rolled the window down, instantly, you know, had that forest fire smoky smell. And I was having flashbacks to last September, and I was like, all right. And so I'm kind of looking on radar scope to see if there's any, like, active fires, you know, putting out a big smoke plume, and there wasn't. And so I drove for a little bit, and another lightning strike about five miles away, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't see the clouds, and I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be chasing a thunderstorm in a smoke plume or, you know, like, just like a heavy smoke bank, it's not worth it because I want to be able to see stuff. So I just pulled over, found a little, like, access road turn around and then headed back but driving out of the smoke you know that smoke bank into relatively less smoky air was very weird because the entire time there was at least a 30 mile an hour wind so it wasn't pushing the smoke anywhere it was just you know just blowing so that to me was very fascinating i was like okay you know obviously there's smoke in the atmosphere and it's heavy and it's kind of laying on the ground it's windy but you know, it's just reinforcing smoke. And so I was like, okay. So just, it was very interesting weather-wise. Then I ended up, you know, you called me back. But yeah, it was it was just fun to go for a drive. I posted the video of driving in the smoke bank on my Facebook page. And, you know, it was just, it was interesting. But 
Never saw any thunderstorms, never saw any lightning. I was kind of bummed about that. But, you know, just I ended up talking to a firefighter from Lapine later that night. We were waiting uh, back at the resort for some food. And I asked, I was like, so, you know, the smoke south of Lapine where this guy was from, I was like, what's that from? He goes, man, that's a combination of the bootleg fire, fires in Canada, fires in California, fires in Idaho. Everything is like kind of just sitting like swirling just kind of around us. I was like, okay. I was like, because there's no really active fires anywhere near. He goes, no, the closest one is 70 miles away. Wow. Yeah. So he's like. Man, so you're all <laughs> kind of surrounded by fires in a way. I mean, yeah. And, far away, but yeah, still and, surrounded. And down in Lapine, as you got towards Southern Oregon, yeah, you are. And I was just like, okay, I mean, that makes total sense. But, you know, 70 miles to have that much smoke and no active fire. It just shows you how much active or, you know, just so much smoke is in the atmosphere and how much smoke these fires can produce because you literally drove into a smoke bank where your visibility was maybe a mile, mile and a half. Hey, I I feel you. Not we haven't had heavy smoke like that, but we've had some hazy days the last few weeks because of West Coast fires and fires in the Northwest. So, um, So that's crazy. That's crazy. It was nuts, but, you know, it's always great to get out and try and do some chasing. Just bummed that, you know, I didn't get to see anything. So, moving on. Well, as we move from the tropics to back to, you know, Land Ahoy or Land Hoy or whatever they say. <laughs> land Ho. Land Ho. There we go. Yes, let's go from the tropics and let's go Land Ho. Um, lots of areas today <laughs> under marginal risk of thunderstorms, including portions of Arizona, uh, maybe even southern Nevada. Portions of Oklahoma, New Mexico, Colorado, Nebraska, Kansas, and portions of South Dakota, as well as the Florida Gulf Coast. Um, it's pretty active, and then you got a general thunderstorm risk for much of the south. Um, the northeast is in the clear today. The Midwest is in the clear. The Great Lakes are in the clear. And then portions of the central California mountains into southern Oregon are in a general thunderstorm risk, but... Bonnie, nothing really happening except for that nice line of severe weather punching its way through the state of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing fun. Nothing exciting. We had a little severe weather on Friday. Yep. Uh, Oklahoma City had a nice little cluster of storms that got crazy for a minute for some wind. Uh, and that was basically it. And then there was just pop-up showers all around for much of the night. But, yeah, nothing's really happening. And I'm uh, bored with it. <laughs> yep, and not a whole lot tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow you guys are in a general thunderstorm risk. Um, the Panhandle and pars- portions of western Oklahoma are in a marginal risk, as well as the Texas Panhandle, and then most of the state of New Mexico, and then more storms down into uh, the Phoenix metro area. So, Phoenix well, metro. This is just yeah. August, you know, yep. nothing happens. It's just exactly. hot, gross, and boring. Exactly. So Tucson, Phoenix. Albuquerque, Mesa, and Glendale, Arizona are all in the um, marginal risk for uh, severe thunderstorms tomorrow. Um, Lots of severe weather they had this weekend. I had to do a bunch of cut-ins on my country radio station about severe thunderstorm warnings and flash flood warnings and Jiminy Christmas. When they're popping every eight minutes, it's hard to keep up. (laughs) I'm glad you said Jiminy Christmas. No, it's brutal. But I love Good it. Phrase. I do love it. So we continue to watch that. Um, other than that, weather's been kind of quiet across the U.S. I know football season is here. A lot of people are happy that the NFL is back. 
College football training camps are in full swing. They kick it off here in two, three weeks. Uh, I'm really excited. I cannot wait. Yeah. No, we're all pumped for some college football to get going. Um, I know there's been some changes to the structure across the country when it comes right. to college football. I mean, not yet. I guess it doesn't happen until 2025 or something. But, right. um, yeah. So, I mean, everybody's kind of excited to see what goes down and is ready to get excited about football and basketball will also be starting sort of soon. Cannot wait. And you and I are like the schools of the University of Oklahoma and Texas. We have taken our talents to the Southeastern Conference. Yep. We start school on, was it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Yep. I'm excited. I know you are too. I'm excited. I'm a little bit nervous, but mm-hmm. it's going to be all right. All right. You got this. You're going to rock your classes. I'm going to rock my geography classes. We cannot wait. We're going to nail that geography. I cannot. Real hard. Yep. It's going to be, it's going to be graphed geographically. We got this. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we got this. So, and I'd actually, those classes might be kind of interesting. So right. I love geography. I mean, even classes. though we all know geography, we know where our countries are and we know what plateaus and mountains and yeah. all that is, but you know, it'll, I think it'll still be interesting that, those kind of classes on a college level tend to be a little more interesting. Agreed. And we did figure out the difference between an isthmus and a peninsula, so we're good. Boom. We're ahead of the game right now. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. I cannot wait. Um, speaking of isthmuses, I saw one, actually, in Detroit see, Lake. Yep. When the water was below the normal line, you could actually see the land bridge between one of the little islands, which is obviously not an island, but... It's when it's filled with water, it's an island, but you can actually walk between that and the men lane. So I was like, ah, that's an isthmus. See, look at that. You are learning. You are learning. Learning in action. And I was really happy that a lot of my credits did transfer across. So that's good. Yeah. So did mine. So I'm like, sweet. So that's good. So then you probably don't, do you have to take much more than just the courses? I don't know. Like outlined. I don't know. I need to reach out to my advisor. I know that I'm only taking two classes this first term, so yeah, um, I need to reach Same. out and say, hey, can we develop a full schedule so I can, one, graduate when I want to, and two, make sure I have all of the requirements done. So, Yeah, because yeah, you don't want to not be able to take a class one semester because you don't have right. a prereq for it, which most of the prereqs are calculus. <laughs> right, which I'm going to so. have to take, so oh joy. Here we go. Well, we got our books for that, so yes. we're going to nail it. Yep. Cannot wait for that. I can, but I can't. <laughs> right. You're like, I want to take it, but also I don't really want to take right. it. <laughs> um, yeah. Good times. We need to figure out, though, what our uh, what our book situation is, but that will be something for a different day. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta we got to do our homework for that so we know how to do our homework. Yes. Because, you know, we would like to do homework and be able to submit our stuff and call it good. Yeah. But I'm excited to jump into it. I have no idea really how classes will work, but we'll find out this week. Well, they are, I will say, like self-paced. Like you don't have to be online for a lecture at a certain time. There's homework and stuff that are due at certain times and whatever. But it's basically learning and doing at your own pace. So that's kind of nice. It is going to be nice. I cannot wait. So, oh man, I'm ready. Are you? I'm ready. 
I mean, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a little nervous, I'm telling you. Yeah, me too, but you know, we'll get through it. I cannot wait. That'll be a lot of fun. So I know a lot of people in my Oregon AMS picnic yesterday were really excited for me and they're like, Oh, so do you have to do all this, this, this? I'm like, yeah. Like, what about math? So I'll tell them, like, oh, man, we haven't. <laughs> Talking to, like, forecasters for the National Weather Service, the Oregon Department of Forestry, chief TV meteorologists are like, Bobby, we've never used calculus. <laughs> See, so it's just one of those, like, fake it till you make it. Just get the good right. grade in school, and then, you know, you don't have to stress about it in real life. Right. And, you know, even the guy that was that does the smoke management forecasting at the Oregon Department of Forestry was like, I had to take calculus twice just so I got it. He goes, the second time I, you know, it really sank in. It was great. And I was talking to a gentleman who used to work for the Army Corps of Engineers, long since retired, um, was in the water management program. And he was like, oh, differential equations. He's like, I never used it. But he goes, the one time that we actually saw in practice was when we were around all of the other engineers and we were trying to figure out this water flow program and this kid that had just graduated college was like, oh, well, this is just a differential equation. Walked up and, like, saw the problem and all these smart guys were like, uh, I don't remember any of this in college. <laughs> so, oh, man. Gotta gave, love it. That gave me hope and I laughed really hard. Jeez. Well, good. That makes me feel better because that would right. really stress me out if I was out in the real world. And to earn a living, I had to do calculus-related problems. I would just be like, I can't. Yeah, I don't think we have to worry about that, to be totally honest with you. Good. So, yep, but we're excited to take you guys along this journey. So, knock on wood, hashtag Hail State, hashtag ring that cowbell, or ring more cowbell. Or just right. hashtag Be prepared for some complaining and some whining, though. Yes. Because it's going to happen. It will. I think this is the right sound effect. Nope. That's not it either. There it is. Okay. I think you also need to get a cowbell sound. Oh, I'm going to. I'll put one in. I'll put one in. And explosions. Yes, explosions, cowbell, and then, you know, our favorite. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> yeah. Man. I got a, I got uh, a text from It's going to be like seven more years before we can use that again. No, it won't. No one. How long do they go? How often do they rotate the name? Every five years or every six years. Oh, five. Every six. Six years. Yep. If they're not retired. Right. But, you know. <laughs> Could you imagine a Hurricane Elsa that has to get retired? Oh, that would be insane. Wow. Or even Olaf or Anna or any of the other ones. So, yeah. But I, I don't do- know if an Anna gets retired. That would be legit. Right. I mean, Andrew got retired. A-name storms. We've had a bunch of A-name retired, so let's hold on here. We'll pull it up because we're you know talking about it. I would like Bonnie to get retired just because that'd be crazy. Right. And we've talked about that. Um, uh, where are the retired I don't know how to find it. But yes, Bonnie should be retired. Bobby should be retired. All of those should be retired. It'll um, happen one day. It'll just, you know, the stars have to align just right. And the right. goal has to be just warm enough early on. Right. 
Um, we've had wow. Agnes, Alicia, Alan, Allison, Andrew, and Nita, and Audrey be retired. The last A-Storm to be retired was Hurricane Allison in 2001. Oh, wow. So it's been a while since. since Man, 20 years since an A-name has been retired? Yes. Uh, Hurricane Bob was retired in 1991. Bonnie has not been retired. There have only been three storms retired with the letter B. Uh, several for C, several for D. Uh, Dorian being the last one, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we're basically overdue for a strong A. Yes, storm. we are. Yes, we are. So. Um, Something to keep in mind. Yep. <laughs> I mean, not this year, obviously, but, you know. Maybe next year. Maybe. Maybe next year. Uh, it could be Alex. Or Arlene, Alberto, Andrea, or Arthur will be the next six to go or five to go. So it's very possible. But 2022, right there, there's Bonnie. Yeah. So. No way. Yes. 2022? 2022. B-O-N-N-I-E. That is up next. Oh, my gosh. I did not know I've come around that quickly. Oh, I cannot cannot wait to post memes with your face over top of a satellite photo. You put my face. Oh, it's it's already done. It's already done. And I have different expressions, so it's perfect. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I at least have a full face on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, then we're good. <laughs> uh, but I'm really looking forward. Yeah, I'm really so looking forward. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. That we were taping... When Hurricane Bonnie was a thing, the first time. Uh, so, no. Yeah, because we talked about it before. It might have been in the in the Pacific, but no, not just based on uh, maybe, but no, I don't think so. Or maybe yeah, because remember she like wouldn't die; she kept like coming on shore and going offshore. Oh, you're right. Shore, you're right. I don't know why they. I don't know why then they recycled it for 2022, but they did. I'll take it. Not complaining for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. One yeah, you shouldn't. No. Never. Awesome. All right. Well, bring on twenty twenty two then. Yep. It's the year of tropical storm slash hurricane Bonnie. I That's really right. hope you, I really hope you're a cat five. Really? I hope so too. I hope I'm just a cat something. Because I don't even think I was I think I was just tropical storm. You were. So I need to cross that line into category. Category something. Right. You need to be big. You need to be worldwide. Exactly. Bigger, better, stronger. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Are you a champion? That's right, I am. Okay. Good times. But yeah, so you'll be back next year. I'm really looking forward to, though, uh, later on down that list, Gaston. Oh, Gaston is back. That yes. was a good one, too. People made some really good songs. Yes, so I cannot wait. We'll have to input every Disney song for Beauty and the Beast on that. Yep. Yep. So you should probably be making a list of sounds you need to be adding to your soundboard. Oh, I will. I will. But the best one, though, hands down, hands down, and I'm super excited for this, 2025, Tropical Storm and or Hurricane Karen. Cannot wait. Oh, yeah. We always like our Karen. 
You know, they really need to put Clyde as the sea name Storm on the same list as Bonnie. Uh, they do. I want to say that Clyde is in rotation, though. Clyde was in rotation. Maybe he got retired. He got retired? Might have been. Hold on here. I'll take a look. Uh, retired names. Nope, it's still there. Well, they need to move it to the Bonnie list. Yes. Well, maybe they'll cycle through all the C names and they will, you have to have a C name, you know, retired, so. Whatever, I'm going to write a letter. You do that. And just tell them to move it, just. Remember, Trade it needs out. to be addressed to the World Meteorological Organization, the WMO, and they're the ones who come up with the names. Oh, okay. So I'm going to uh, CC the NHC on that, though. You should. You absolutely should. Yeah. And then CC one of our professors so we can get extra credit for it. Yes. Okay, I'll do that for sure. <laughs> So let's see here. Do, 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 do. We talked about years of retiring a bunch of name storms. We have not retired a name. We've re- retired a name for the last six years. The last time we did not retire a name was 2014. Oh, wow. Yep. We retired one storm in 2013, Ingrid, Sandy in 2012, Irene in 2011, Igor and Tomas in 2010, nothing in 2009. We re, uh, retired three storms in 2008, Gustav, Ike, and Paloma. 2007, Dean, Felix, Noel. Nothing in 2006. And then obviously 2005 uh, was the last big year for retirements with five storms. Dennis, Katrina, Rita, Stan, and Wilma. Dan. Which still stands as the most rena- retired name storms in one year. 2017 came close with four. They retired Harvey, Irma, Maria, and Nate. Nate. Yep. Dorian was the only name storm to be retired in 2019. And was anything retired last year? Laura, uh, Ada, and Iota. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Two Greekies. Yeah. So... But we don't have the last Greek... year was bananas. It was, and we don't have the Greek alphabet anymore. So, you know. yeah, I, they they did that after they retired two of them, right? Yep. They're like, well, we can't do that because we we can't replace. Them. We got nothing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, wow. I keep forgetting how crazy last year was. Like just crazy in every sense of the word. Right. And then we went over the list of the tr- supplemental list for tropical storms. Let's go see. Actually, let's pull this up and see if there's anything there. Um, in the Atlantic, it's Adria, Braylon, Caradad, Deshaun, Emery, Foster, Gemma, Heath, Isla, Jacobus, Kenzie, Lucio, Michaela, Nolan. That's actually funny. My friend that got married or is getting married this uh, had their bachelor party. Her name is Michaela Nolan. That's very funny. Orlando, Pax, Rowan, Sophie, Tayshawn, Viviana, and Will. And then out in the Pacific, uh, Aiden, Bruna, Carmelo, Daniela, Esteban. I love the name Esteban. By the way, do you remember the, uh, here's a total tangent for you, the dude that used to sell the stuff on TV, the infomercials, Esteban? Yeah, you how to play the guitar. Guitars. Yeah, yeah. That's my guy right there. 
Anyways. Uh, you know, I always remember he had creepy looking fingernails. Oh, yeah. There was like super long. Like you could use those things to cut like steak. Yeah. And well, and I think that's, he didn't use a pick to play guitar. He just used his, fingernails. you know, his freaking velociraptor oh. nails. Yeah, that's creepy. Talons. Yep. And then a whole bunch of other cool names like Scottler and Violetta and Xenia and Zoe. So, yeah, there we go. No more Greek. We didn't make it to the Greek. We killed it. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's how crazy 2020 was. 2020 killed the Greek alphabet. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Wow. So, well, what do you guys got forecast-wise coming up in the fair city of Oklahoma? Nothing. A little bit of sprinkle chances here and there, but mostly just hot and humid and sunny. Gross. <laughs> I'm over it. August is just a really boring month. Like nothing really happens. Things get a little bit better in September. Rain chances happen more often. That's the whole joke. You know, the fair is in town because it rains because it usually rains right every year when the fair is here. So, you know, so we'll just we just got to ride out these two weeks and then hopefully weather gets exciting. Right. Well, again. go enjoy the fair out here in Portland. Um, we're coming off of a mini heat wave. We got up to 106, I think, was one of the official highs today, which was, you know, great, but it was humid, so it was not fun. With that said, temperatures today, lower 90s, and then we're going to get drop into the 80s on Monday, upper 70s on Tuesday, and then we just sit in the upper 80s Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunny, really, you know, maybe some slight clouds in the morning. Humidity will be sitting between 30 and 50%, so not bad at all. I will take it. A nice way to end summer. Well, our humidity usually sits between like 90 and 150%. <laughs> not really that high, but you know, pretty high. I'm sorry, that doesn't sound like fun at all. No, it's I'm, not. I get to DJ a wedding for some friends on Saturday, and it's supposed to be 86 and sunny. On the north slope of Mount Hood. It's going to be absolutely gorgeous. I cannot wait. That'll be really nice. That'll yes. be really nice. I, though I do have to go buy more formal clothes because they're like, it's going to be a formal wedding. And I was like, well, aren't all weddings formal? They're like, no. Like, this is like New Year's Eve formal. I was like, oh. Wow. Cool. Well, you better get like a sparkly tie or something. Yeah, I'll figure something out. Maybe some glasses that say 2021 on them. Yeah. <laughs> be like, you told me it was a New Year's Eve party. Right. <laughs> oh boy no not happening but uh it will be interesting we get to talk about that next week if i see anything interesting weather wise i'll be sure to share it uh make sure you guys follow us on twitter at weather podcast also instagram at weather podcast we will do a much better job of updating those as we go forward as the weather starts to get a little bit more interesting but body another fantastic edition of b squared your weekly weather podcast that's right crushed it hurricanes crushed it boom Talk some land ho. Crushed it. Talk some fire. <laughs> breathed it. <laughs> Talk some land ho. Crushed it. That's oh, my favorite phrase. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Here we go. That one and what was it? Mo what was the other one that we came up with this last year? Oh. Uh, I don't know. We come up with a lot. It's really hard to keep track. It is. We need to. But like I said, another great edition of B Squared, your weekly web podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week. Land home.